0: Welcome to Shutting Light Hunting Stories Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the average joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams, listening to episode 50. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, I don't know how you're feeling about this new uh, intro music. My wife was not a big fan of it, um, but I played it for another buddy. He seemed to like it. So... Uh, It's a new year, I thought, you know what, for 49 straight episodes you guys have heard the same old, (whistles) and maybe you'll like it, maybe it's growing on you. And I just messed everything up. Or maybe you like this new one. So I'm a bad judge on these things. So I'm going to let you guys let me know in the comment section right below on Facebook or Instagram where I post this. Can you do either a hashtag new whistle if you dig it? Or if not so much, you want the old whistle back, do a hashtag old whistle. And I'll take that into account for the next episode. (laughs) I know that you probably have more important things to worry about. You're probably thinking about the end of deer season, uh, or maybe if you're in Ohio, you're thinking about muzzleloader season, uh, which uh, by the time this drops, will be in full swing or just about over, but um, man, it is, it's is—it's getting down to the wire if you haven't got a deer yet, and so I'm, I just encourage you to keep at it. You never know. There's, there's big bucks shot this time of year. There's a lot of does shot this time of year, so... Just uh, keep your head up and keep rolling. Um, tomorrow, I am headed out with my brother, and I'm not even—I'm letting him use my gun. Um, I'm excited for the Ohio muzzleloader opener, and we have a buck that we are chasing named Goofy. And I am really hoping my brother gets a chance at him. Uh, it would just thrill me to be there when it happens, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But other than that, um, I've been trying to figure out how I'm spending my Christmas money that I got this year. I got some gift cards and. I am the type of person that, yes, I try to save some of it, but most of it burns a hole right through my pocket because I can't wait to to try and buy something that I want. So, I'm uh, kind of looking at saddle setups and upgrading my saddle and all that. And uh, today's guest, actually, we talk a little bit about saddle hunting. That's what he likes to do. Found it very effective. And so... I won't say any more about that because we've talked plenty about saddle hunting, mobile setups, and we also talk a little bit about how both of us were raised very similar in deer drives. And that might not be your cup of tea or it might be what you love to do. Uh, There's kind of two camps usually on that or those that have just never tried it have no opinion. But uh, it's something I grew up doing. And I think I may have talked about it before on the podcast, but we really kind of dive into uh, just deer drives, the safe way that we learned how to do them, but how we both have kind of gotten a little bit more of a passion for uh, compound bow hunting and hunting from a saddle, and we talk about that a little bit. But uh, today's guest is Matthew Miller, and uh, he doesn't live too far away from me. In fact, we only grew up just within about 30 miles of each other, so uh, super nice guy. I've known him for about a year and seen his posts on Facebook. This guy has killed some some very big bucks and this year was no exception to that so he tells us his tactics and his tricks and just kind of the story that led up to this buck this year i want to say real quick again that if you haven't uh hit the subscribe button i don't know what you're doing you're missing some episodes don't miss episodes i'm trying to pump one out every week this year is my goal and um so Make sure you hit subscribe. If you haven't left me a review, I would really appreciate it if you would do that. Um, A five-star, if it has stars or gems or accolades, I don't know uh, what podcast platform you're listening to and what the reward system is, but if you can give me one of those, Man, I appreciate that. That really helps people find out about it. gives me uh, maybe a section in the new and noteworthy section or whatever. But anyway, that's the end of my plug-in today. Uh, Thank you guys so much for coming back for another episode. I think you're really going to enjoy that one. And without any more babbling on, here is Matthew Miller. Hey, Matt. How's it going, man? Good, good. How are you doing? Uh, Doing great. Uh, Matthew Miller, and you are from Senecaville?
1: Yeah, I'm from Senecaville,
0: Ohio. Awesome. And uh, how long have you lived there, Matt? Uh, I've lived here in Senecaville for
1: um, about five years now.
0: Okay. Did you grow up? uh, You and I, I think we met through saddle hunting somehow. I'm not sure exactly what, you remember what the connection was? I've known you for like a year, I think. Yeah, I think we
1: met um, through the saddle hunter um, forum group on Facebook, I believe. Is where yeah. we met. Um, I know I had been in Saddle hunting a little bit longer than you had, and you had uh, seen that I had I was in your general area, and you started asking me some questions about some stuff. That's how we oh, that's met. That's
0: right. That's right. So, did you always did you always live in Ohio, this area, or did you move here?
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually from uh, originally. I'm from the Caldwell area, so I just hmm. moved uh, north about twenty minutes. So that's I went right. to
0: yeah i remember i forgot that you told me that because i grew up like literally like 30 minutes from there <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that's awesome man so you're from here, woodsfield i believe correct yeah yep woodsfield area i lived out in the sticks but woodsfield was the biggest town that we could claim so yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. good uh married man kids family tell us a little bit about yourself yeah yeah I'm, well
1: i'm 31 years old I'm, I'm married i got one one son a three-year-old um I enjoy, uh, hobbies include, uh, hunting, specifically bow hunting for, uh, for deer. I mean, that's my, my life. I go, I think about it daily. Um, <laughs> I'm a DIYer, tinker. I love to, to tinker with my gear and setups. Um, I also enjoy, uh, doing a little bass fishing, um, and just fishing in general. And I also play a little
0: golf in the summertime. Oh so no fun stuff uh i was gonna ask you how how long um have you been a hunter has that been something you've done your whole life or did you um you know just pick it up recently
1: yeah i was i was pretty much born into it um i got photos of me um still in diapers running around with my dad in the woods um during the uh the deer gun season here in ohio um and I, I mean, I, I've just been involved with it all my life. I started hunting. My first year hunting was uh, when I was 10 years old. I uh, went out for the first, uh, for my first shotgun season. Mm. And then um, I started bow hunting uh, around the age of 13. Um, I've always been a uh, type of, uh, I, I've always been type of hunter. I, I never liked being in one spot. I've always been a mobile mobile hunter and <laughs> running around they started out with a summit climber it was my first first tree stand i ever owned and i've gradually as i've started getting into hunting um more bigger age or, or older age class deer um, bigger bucks i've started i started finding out that a lot of the areas where the big boys hang out um it just wasn't very climber friendly yeah so I converted over to a, a hang-on tree stand at that time um purchased some um hawk helium sticks at that time and started with that and the the weight was just uh it was killer um i think that setup was right around uh uh, right around 30 35 pounds or so that's a a lot of
0: weight to pack back in yeah. yeah yeah and it was just killing me
1: and um so I started uh, exploring other options. I um, purchased a uh, uh, um, Guido's web there at one time. Okay. Uh, started messing around with it a little bit, but it was still on the bulky side for what I wanted. Ended up selling it, and then I uh, got into. Uh, I'm actually made um, made a DIY saddle um, out of uh, two Molly waist belts. Uh, that would have been four years ago. Hmm. How, uh, how did that work out oh I, I, I paired it with a rock climbing harness i hunted out of it for my first first year of truly saddle hunting and i, I loved it and um uh, i mean the the rest is history uh after that i, I purchased a arrow hunter kestrel and um that, that's the saddle i'm i'm using now i mean the rest is history right i mean i i don't think i'll ever hunt out of a tree stand again uh, at <laughs> that point i mean, my... I just so so mobile
0: you <laughs> My brother and I were talking yesterday and uh he he's saying he goes, You know, you saddle hunters are kind of annoying and I was like, What are you talking about? He goes, Well, I, he goes, I got a buddy at work who's starting to get into it and it's all he talks about. He goes, We'll be talking about football and all of a sudden he'll just turn and look at me and be like, I'm trying to decide which type of uh, you know, nylon rope I should get for my bridge and he goes and I'm like, <laughs> I don't like he goes, and I t- he goes, I made the mistake of telling him that you were a saddle hunter and now he wants that's all he wants to talk to me about is saddle hunting. <laughs> and I it certainly is addictive and it can be, you know, there's just a lot to it. It's just a lot of fun. And once you find it and it works for you, it's, it's exciting to talk about. Yeah. And
1: and me being a a DIYer myself, I mean, I, there's always stuff to tinker with, with saddle hunting. And that's one of the things that drives me. I mean, I, I, like I saw you, you, you posted on Facebook there um, on a saddle hunter group, just a day or so ago that you were, looking at uh changing what ropes you're using yeah I, I mean you could look i mean i i mean there's just so much stuff you can tinker with in the offseason that i think that's part of the the reason why i love it is just i mean endless opportunity to um continue to get more efficient and um make your setup lighter and
0: I I told my buddy yesterday, I was like, it's kind of like those video games where you're like a character and you got armor and you're like constantly trying to upgrade your armor. You're saving up so that you can uh, make, make your sword or your helmet or whatever, you know, that's kind of lame, but that's what I relate it to. It's just like, there's, you know, I mean, there's something nice about just having like a stand that's hung and you can just go up and get in it and that that's fine um but i think what's cool about saddle hunting is that it's very personalized there are certain things that you know i've tried some things that other guys swore by and it just wasn't wasn't something that i enjoyed or i would try again Um, but there's other things that i i'm doing right now that just i really it works effectively for what i want to do as a hunt you know as a hunter so that's uh, the beauty of it i think
1: yeah yeah me too i mean i'm just uh i've never been the type i've tried I mean, just I tried putting up a hang on and just going. To, I mean, just it'd being my primary place to hunt, and I mean that's just not my style. I I can't I can't do that. I can't sit in one spot, go back over and over again. I mean, I've in the past two years, I've I've probably never hunted a tree. Well, there's been very few trees I hunted twice. Yeah, personally. you know yeah. I'm constantly moving around.
0: So. Well let's uh Matt let's go back a little ways here. Uh, I'm looking at your picture right now of the buck you got this year and I want to build up to that story because this buck is an absolute toad, um, but, but I, I have a feeling that maybe you didn't start shooting bucks that way or start start shooting deer that way. So, kind of take us back to some of your your first hunts, some of your first uh, years. Um, any maybe your first deer? Any of those stories kind of stand out to you? Like kind of you know rite of passage things you learned um, along the you know in your first few hunts that you had.
1: Yeah, um, my first deer was actually, and, and this probably doesn't. Uh, I did I didn't really learn much with. Um, with my first deer, um, we've always been during deer gun season. We have a group of guys. We always drive deer, yep. do deer drives, stuff like that.
0: Us too. Yep. Now, yep. You,
1: yeah, you can learn. I mean, the the deer's escape routes and where they're where they're at and everything from doing deer drives. But essentially, at that time, um, I killed my first deer. It's a uh, it's an eight pointer. My dad actually got it mounted for me. It's hanging down on down in the wall, on the wall in my den right now. It's about 115 inch eight pointer. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, and I, I killed it on a deer drive with my dad. Um, like I said, but my first, uh, wife, when, when I really started to get into, to really, sorry about that. Up, oh, that's up, okay. I started deer hunting. Um, or first started bow hunting, that's when I really started to get into um, different setups and different tactics, that sort of thing. And uh, my first deer with a bow was a little, um, little spike buck. I ended up killing it. It was during the rut. Um, I had actually um, was walking through uh, a, a wide open CRP field, r- ran along a ridge, and there just so happened to be a pond down below me. And I looked down at the pond. I was glassing, and I saw there was a little buck. He was actually bedded on the dam of the pond. And this was in early November during the rut. Um, it looked like he was just chilling out. And I happened to have one of them, a uh, doe and estrus call with me. And I just kind of hunkered down in the CRP, and I, I flipped over that estrus call a couple times while still glassing the buck. And he jumped up, and he actually ran right up to me and i I shot him at like 20
0: yards that is awesome (laughs) i've never had that happen that is incredible no yeah yeah that was uh um
1: yeah that was something for my first one and then Mm -hmm. after that
0: i've 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 just gradually
1: um jumped the ladder i've got several deer that are right around that uh 125 mark right, right around the pope and young mark that i killed um and then uh, I've just recently here, about five years ago, I started to get into, um, I got on the hunting, uh, the hunting beast form, uh, Dan faults form. Yeah. So I'm looking at uh, different tactics to step up my game a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've started, I, I killed my, my, well, it. The buck I killed this year and that buck I killed five years ago are, are pretty close as far as um score wise as far as which one's the biggest so um but but I killed it um hunting a, a deer bed or a buck bed I found um, earlier that spring this would be the the year of two thousand fifteen is when it was um, I had found a a buck bed that spring me and my dad scouting. Um, it was overlooking an access uh, an ATV trail that we used to access the property. They found it; it was along a, a ridge, um, and the buck was bedding there on what what I thought was a north north northwest wind. Um, like I said, he was overlooking the access trail. So that uh, that October, I decided I, I had when the season opened, I had the perfect wind. I also um had started getting into um uh, the the moon phases and okay. uh, how deer move with that. I started um looking at the, the underfoot and uh overhead moon phases and I'd found that uh by looking at a chart that um that I found on the the hunting beast some guys had posted what the moon dates were for that year the moon times that uh, on october 1st was going to be a day that um that there should be more deer movement uh later on in the morning so i decided and i had the perfect wind i had a northwest wind i decided to set up um on the downwind side or the yeah the downwind side of that buck bed thinking i could get in get in there before he um and get a shot at him as he j-hooked into his bed yeah uh and the reason why i felt i could get that done was because um where he j-hooked in his bed he only had a limited amount of space where he could j-hook into his bed on the down on down below his bed was a steep ravine and i didn't (laughs) feel like he would come up that ravine to go into the bed so so when you say
0: j-hook are you are you saying that basically he's kind of coming down checking downwind of that bedding area making sure that it's safe and then he's going up into it right correct yes okay yep
1: Yep. and uh so i set up along the edge of that ravine and uh, i mean just like clockwork i actually remember um i was still using a climber at that time i was using my uh yeah because later in that year is when i got into using the um i started i built my molly saddle at that time i was using a little hand climber i climbed up in the tree and um it was still dark out and i remember a deer came in underneath of me and i i was almost certain at that time that i thought i had been snickered and that that the bucket came in before daylight but uh i sat there and about um bright right at daylight um, I heard a stick break and I looked up and here he came, he came right down. That's like, I thought he came right along that edge and was just Jay hooking around to go up into the bed. And I shot him at about 20 yards. And, um, like I said, it's my, my biggest buck to date. He's a 140 inch, uh, uh, nine pointer. I got hanging up down on the wall. I mean, uh, and that's where it started from there. I've just, um, I've used that same tactic since I've, uh, I scout. I'll start scouting here. Well, I've already started actually, going out, walking around, um, looking at new areas, just trying to find um, find bedding areas, buck beds, finding beds where I think they're using during the rut.
0: And, are you uh, you uh, are you doing mostly uh, private ground, or are you hunting public as well?
1: Um, I'm hunting mostly public. I do have uh, actually three private pieces. I'm still able to hunt. Which mm-hmm. one of them was actually where i killed the the buck i killed this year was on the private piece but um i'm mostly a public land hunter now i now i do save my private pieces i try to save them for more during the rut um, Mm -hmm. because it seems like the public around here um i mean you pretty much got it to yourself until that first week in november and then it just gets overran so
0: do you have a do you have trouble uh, one of the things that we've experienced growing up the same thing as you um I grew up doing the deer drives and mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with that the way way we would do that is we would have um I know you're familiar our listeners if um you know we'd have probably 25 30 guys sometimes and we would do two teams and there'd be a team of drivers and a team of standers. And then the next time, you know, you'd do a drive and you'd lay your standers out there, maybe a hundred to 200 yards of part. And then the drivers would go up on a ridge and we would bring it down over. And we would actually hoot and holler going through the woods to try and scare the deer mm-hmm. toward, toward the standers. And it would keep us in a line so nobody would get too far out in front. Yeah, um, You know, and that was just a safe, safer way to do it. Um, but what we ran into was as time went on, my dad, um, we had about 75 acres and he really wanted to manage that for us to be able to hunt and to bow hunt uh, as we got into that more. And so <laughs> we liked doing the deer drives with the guys, but the struggle was we didn't necessarily want them to drive our property. <laughs> so, uh, did you ever have to struggle with anything like that or guys driving your properties that, that that are private or is that kind of, in our neck of the woods, driving is kind of phased out, of phased out a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's um, how it's happened around here too. I mean, we've lost, back um, when I first started deer hunting, we used to have um, a lot of properties we could deer hunt on um, and do drives. Mm-hmm. But since then, we're down to, um, there's only a couple properties where really we could drive. So we've actually, I mean, this is the first year I, di- I haven't picked up a gun. I didn't gun hunt any this year. Um, Same here. Last, yeah, last year we did some did some drives, but it's just kind of, it's gotten to where um, most of the, uh, we, we used to do a lot of drives on, on a lot of coal company land, um, which has since been leased up or sold here recently. And I mean, we, we just don't have, um, we don't have enough land around to do them, do them type of drives anymore or enough properties. Yeah. So we just started to, um, I, I mean, I've pretty much. I was leaning that way anyway, and that's one of the reasons about, uh, well, about five years ago, about when I, well, when I killed that one, I just told you the story about, um, I started really getting into really scouting public land and and getting to, um, uh, I I mean, really starting to to get myself acclimated with it, because I know that. Um, farther down the road, um, as my son gets older and gets to hunt, I mean, getting to hunt, I mean, it's pretty much, that's what we're going to be hunting is public land.
0: Yeah. I think the deer drive thing is because of people buying up deer leases and the land that you just described exactly what's happening in Southeast Ohio where, where I grew up. Um, it's just, uh, it's just harder and harder to find the land to do it. And you got more bow hunters now than what you've probably had in the past, I think, and Bow hunters yeah. most certainly don't want you driving their property and scaring the bucks off. And, and, you know, and our guys had to learn the hard way. They used to, when, whenever I was young, they would, the philosophy was if it's brown it's down and they would shoot just about, <laughs> shoot everything. And, and if that's your philosophy, Hey, you know, you have a right to do that. But right now, uh, I think this past year, I think the entire week they killed like four deer. Mm -hmm. Um, the deer just aren't there anymore on those properties because one, they've lost properties. So now they can only drive the same area over and over again. So they've, they've spooked off the deer and they've, they've killed, you know, killed a lot of deer, you know? And so, you know, it's one of those things I, I can't knock it. I used to do it. I still would do it, but it's just, to me, it's more rewarding now to go out and scout like you talk about, get up in a saddle and just kind of figure it out that way. It just, it, I think it's way more exciting for me to spend the time and shoot mm-hmm. a deer that I've been working on rather than just luck of the draw a deer happened to run down to me and I got the shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and being in the only group driving deer, it, it's tough because that's what used to make it so good back, yeah. back years ago was you had so many different groups of guys out there driving deer that you were constantly different groups were driving deer to each other. You know, what yeah. I mean? they have the deer up and moving. Now, I mean, you might have a group of guys that go out and do deer drives. Well, if the people on the next property over aren't hunting or doing deer drives, the deer you're pushing are just running over to their property and camping out over there because I mean, there's no pressure over there. Yeah. So, I mean, you really need for them type of tactics to work. And I've seen a lot. I've been watching the hunting public videos and stuff where they're doing drives and. And different things on on public land where it's actually working out for them. I think for that reason, as they got so many, so many other groups of people in the public that are walking around stirring up deer, that it's working out for them. Whereas if you're use, doing it on private private pieces, I mean, you're just if not a lot of people are out there pushing up or jumping up deer, I mean, it's not it's not going to be beneficial for you.
0: Yeah. One more thing on that. And I want to, I want to jump into your stories there, but do you ever run into, um, people that have no, (laughs) they did not grow up doing deer drives and they think that you're absolutely crazy because you used to do that. They they picture it as like a wild West gun show. (laughs) There's been a few folks that I've ran into that are like, you used to do what? Like they have no concept of how it could be safe or why you would ever want to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I ran into that a lot. Um. And that's one reason I, I don't and it's kinda kinda sad it's that way, but I, I'm the type of guy I don't I try to avoid conflict as much as possible with stuff. Right. <laughs> I just I, I try not to talk about it that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless someone asks me about it. Um because yeah, you're you're right. There are people um I mean out there that when when, when I do if I was to talk about it, they just look at me like like, are you crazy? Yeah, do that sort of thing, and but I mean, it's as safe as any other type of hunting as long as you. I mean, uh, the one thing we always talked about when we were doing it: don't shoot unless you have a backstop. I mean, yeah. if, unless you have a hillside you're shooting into. I mean that that that's when you would take a shot at a deer mm-hmm. and make, make sure what what make sure you know what your target is and what's beyond it is the the big thing and. Um, we never had. I, I mean, yeah, I, I have had gun seasons where I've had slugs blizzing over my head, but I mean, it's never been from from my guys. You know what I mean? It was always from um, maybe the next group over or something like that. But and I mean, that's just it. It happens. Yeah. Gun yeah. season, unfortunately. Yeah
0: yeah, I always felt like the way we did it with hooting and hollering. it at least let the standards know exactly where we were. It allowed us as drivers to know where the next guy was. and and we kind of had the same same rule. There was certain you would get to a certain part as a driver where you knew, you just couldn't take any more shots. Like if you saw a deer, you're going to have to let it go because standards were close by. And so, you know, I, I think there is a safe way to do it. Um, you know, if, if guys, if that's what they choose to do, then, you know, you just gotta be smart like anything else. Yep. Yep. So, exactly. But now that you've kind of moved on a little bit more into kind of like the saddle hunting, kind of bring us into that, that phase of your life. Uh, that has been kind of like the last few years. Um, do you remember your, your first saddle deer?
1: Yeah. Yeah. My first saddle deer was actually, um, let's see here. It had been three, been three years ago. My first saddle deer. It had been uh 2000. That'd be been 2017 was my first saddle deer. Yeah. And, um, actually I killed it. Um, I was actually hunting along, um, the, well actually the property where I killed this previous buck has been really good to me. I actually killed killed that buck on the, on this this property. And actually it was um about a 200 yards away from where I killed my buck this year. Um pretty much the same type of tactic um during the rut and it, I killed the buck on December or November 6th is when I killed it. Mm. During the rut I usually um I usually try to hunt the leeward side yeah. of ridges Um, where the bucks will be cruising Okay. by leeward side. I mean, um, the wind's coming over the top of the ridge. Um, and I'm hunting on the, the, the downwind side of the ridge, usually, um, either near the top of the ridge or a third of the way down. I usually, I never hunt directly on the top. It's usually a third of the way down the ridge on the leeward side. And I usually find the, the, find the most worn trail or the most, uh, the trail I think that might have rubs along it or something like that. I usually find that. Um, and I usually try to pick a place near bedding, uh, near doe bedding. And that's what this was. It was a place where it would work on a north wind. Um, this, this one property I hunt, it's, it's really good because it's got an east-west running ridge Mm -hmm. and it seems like, uh, if there's a north wind or south wind, Determines which side of the ridge I I hunt on, and it, it's been a really good spot for me during the rut because it holds a lot of does, and there's always bucks cruising. Um, I was hunting on the the south side of the ridge, or the yeah the south side of the ridge because I had a north wind that day. Um, I had actually just I had just got there. It's about two p.m. I in fact, I knew the tree I wanted to set up on. Um, I hadn't actually hunted that spot before, but just from uh, from sign, I, I knew the general area where I wanted to be. I found a tree, I climbed up. I had actually just set um, put my at that time I was hunting with still a ring of steps. Mm-hmm. I had a ring of a mare steps on a ratchet strap. I had just tightened it to the tree. Um, just climbed up to my steps, and I heard something coming. I looked up, and the buck was coming. <laughs> There's <laughs> coming along the right along the trail where I thought it would. Um on the leeward side, like I said, just sit checking. Um he got the twenty yards. I shot him and he ran down over the hill. He's a um he's a ten pointer. He's not real not real heavy or anything. He's probably hundred and twenty seven inches or so, 128 inches. Um It was a real quick hunt. Like I said, November sixth. I was in the tree for maybe. Oh, man. 15- 15 minutes. It's the shortest sun I've ever had. Um, easiest drag out I've ever had on a deer. He actually ran right down the access and fell literally two feet off the ATV trail.
0: (laughs) You cannot beat that.
1: (laughs) So I actually walked down, I walked out, got the ATV and, and drove up in and, uh, got the, got the deer loaded up and was done. Was back at the house before my before my dad got off work, um, <laughs> five o'clock. So it oh, was that's uh, great. Yeah. It was a real quick hunt. Um, and since then with the saddle, I mean, I've been, um, I've been using it, uh, for, for three years and, um, three for I'm three for three so far. So,
0: Oh, wow. That's good <laughs> to hear. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's dive into this year's story. I'm looking at this picture and I just got to know how did it all to come together for you to get, whenever you're, I'm looking at this picture, uh, um, this buck is just so doggone tall and just got so much mass to it. It's just an incredible yeah. deer. So how, how did things come together this year for you, Matt? Okay.
1: Well, I actually, uh, looking back, I known about this deer. I actually seen it in the summer of 2018 it was the first year Uh, i i'd seen this deer it was on a neighboring property um that's actually leased ground that i don't have don't have permission to hunt um how this this property sets up is there's actually a a pipeline running through the property and um i'm not sure your listeners know um it's a gas pipeline is pretty much what it is it's just an area um that goes for well, the, the pipelines, I mean, they go for hundreds of miles, but I mean, right. it, an area that's probably 200 yards wide, um, just a, a swath that they keep mowed down normally. Right. Or it's a, um, this area actually had a lot of clover growing up. It, it's a, a rather new pipeline. It runs along the, um, the neighboring property that, that, like I said, is leasing. It actually goes on private property. Okay. Actually, where it goes on the private property, there's actually um, there's actually a saddle in the ridge is where where it goes onto the private property. And I had my eye on that saddle probably since they put in that pipeline, um, which has been about three years ago. And I never I never hunted it in 2018. I, I'd seen that buck on that pipeline. i had glassed him in velvet. Um, he had four other bucks with him. I actually got a video, um, which is kind of cool because I, I got a video. I, I recorded it out of my uh, uh, out of my truck from the road, and my son was in the back seat. Um, son Wyatt, and he's uh, he was actually um, he'd have been two at the time, and he seen the deer, and um, it's actually a really cool video because he's doing an on in the back seat, just I mean, going going crazy because he sees this. Deer. <laughs> And <laughs> I got a recording of it. So that, yeah, that's, that's cool. I always cherish that, that I have that. Yeah. And now that I, I've I've actually killed the deer. But I seen it like I said, I seen it in 2018. I, I had a pretty good idea where he was um uh, where he was betting and it was on the neighbor's property, I I assumed. I mean I, I didn't think it was on the, the private piece I have I have access to. So two
0: thousand
1: eighteen I actually um I, I never hunted that private piece I actually killed my buck on it in 2018 on a different piece so I I never really got got in there to to actually hunt that deer um so this year I never I I hadn't seen that deer again I assumed that he was possibly killed on the the neighboring property I I hadn't heard anything from it um but I, I had that I always had that that setup with that that saddle along that pipeline in the back of my in the back of my mind thinking that that's that'd be a good rut spot because um it would be on the leeward side with a south wind um and it's real thick um along that um along that side of the ridge so I, Mm -hmm. i had a feeling that if a buck was cruising along there instead of going through the thick vegetation He'd take the path of least resistance and walk along that pipeline, is what I what I had a feeling. So um, I pretty much went in there blind. Um, it was November, uh, I think it was November the fourteenth when I killed that. When I killed this year, I decided to go in blind. I, I was off for the week for work, or off from work, taking my vacation. Yeah. So
0: your picture looks like there was a little bit of snow on the ground.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's actually a little dusting of snow we had gotten uh, there wasn't much just a little dusting so i had actually decided i was going to uh, to trek in there um and, and it's a pretty good walk getting in there there's no real there's no real access to that uh to that saddle there's no atv trails or anything like that i had to go through some pretty thick vegetation so i, I actually went in really early um i actually woke up about uh three 30 a.m. or something like that and started in there because I knew I had a pretty long walk mm-hmm. I got in there to where I wanted to be in the saddle um I found a tree that was about um 30 35 yards from the edge of the the pipeline um and I went ahead and put my sticks up climbed up um got on my platform and set up um and well, how
0: how high are you able to get uh, with your sticks and platforming your setup, Matt? My sticks, I am I actually build
1: a set of sticks. Um, I got four sticks that are 24 inches long. Um, so with my height, I can usually get about 17, 16, 17 feet with the four sticks. And then my platform above, oh, it's probably about 18 feet is where I was. Oh, that's
0: good. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'd set up. I got situated where I was facing, um, where I where I thought the deer would be coming from. I, I thought I could shoot. Uh, I, now I, I I am left-handed, so it'd have been to my right side, is where I felt like it's my strong side shooting. And um, I sat in there, and I, I, I looked up, and uh, like I said, right after daylight, and I saw saw a deer coming, in, instantly, as soon as I seen him. I knew it was that same buck from 2018. I mean, just tall, hourglass-shaped rack. Um, and he was coming right down that edge, right where I thought he would be, um, on the leeward side. He came right into to um, about 30 yards. I, I And I grunted, I stopped him and shot. And, um, I mean, originally, right when I shot, I thought, man, I, I, just, I just smoked him. I killed him. And he ran up the other side um, of the ridge, up out of that saddle, and then dropped down on the other side and I, I couldn't really see where I went from there, but I, I like I said, I felt really good about the shot at the time. so i I went ahead and I sat there for about an hour a while later, and I uh, went ahead and climbed down, got all my stuff together, packed everything up, and went over and I, I couldn't find my arrow. Uh, initially and i knew about where right where you're standing and i did find a little blood so i started tracking the blood and it was really sparse it just wasn't wasn't real good blood and with the snow i i expected it to see a lot more blood with that little dusting of snow also and i felt that he had ran up and ran out to ran along a ridge or ridge going back to um the the ridge i was actually sitting on comes up and it meets another ridge that runs north and south the ridge i was sitting on runs east and west okay. i felt like he went up around and, and went the north the went down the ridge towards the south is where i felt he had went um but i wasn't finding much blood so i ended up um backing out and i ended up calling my dad and uh, i knew he was at work i just wanted to get his advice on it and uh he was actually uh very helpful he actually told me that he was uh he didn't have a lot going on um for the afternoon he's a he's a mechanic by trade and he did he said he didn't have a lot going on the afternoon he was just he would just plan on coming home from lunch and come and help me track my deer so that's what he did I just hung around up there until uh until noon when he got he got there and he came up and uh we started on the track and we actually found, I thought the deer had went out the ridge. He had actually went, um, went down in the hollow, um, on the other side of the saddle is actually where he had went. And we found him about 70. He went about, uh, about 170 yards or so is how far okay. the deer we found him. Um, my shot was a little far. The deer was quartering to me a little bit more than what I thought, um, at which I aimed right behind the shoulder. Which I had ended up getting one lung and liver, um, and, and guts is pretty much what I got, and I think the gut the guts were plugging up the the exit hole, so I did, that's was the reason I didn't get a lot of blood.
0: Oh man, this um, picture this picture that I'm looking at uh, it looks like you. I mean, if just from the just from the picture, it looks like you absolutely smoked him. I mean, he yeah. lo- it looks like a good shot. It's a huge hole too.
1: Yeah, it was actually a little far back. I mean, uh, the way he w- he was quartering to me a little bit more than what I thought, and yeah. it went in, it went in there behind the shoulder and came out in front of the back leg, and it just, um, like I said, it got one lung, liver, and then guts, mm. and uh, it was a little bit of a challenging track job. And I've told that story to other people too, and they say, looking at the picture, it looks like you just absolutely, you twelve ringed him. But I mean, it was a like I said, just a little bit, the, just the way he was angled. Um, and I, I didn't, I didn't, just didn't compensate for it. But, mm. uh,
0: so what's, what's we, this feeling like as you come upon this deer and you know that you got him now and you're there with your dad, how you feeling at this point? <laughs>
1: well, originally I knew, I knew it was a big deer. And, uh, when I first seen it, my first words word. was, oh man, it's a giant. Was <laughs> my first words out of my mouth? Um, And I, I mean, I, I was just excited. (laughs) I I was thankful to have my dad there with me to help me find it. Um, he's my, uh, he's my go-to for tracking deer. I mean, I've, and I learned a lot on that track job that, I mean, I I still got a lot to learn about tracking deer, um, because he's been there, he's done it. And, uh, I I mean, I, I just got a lot to learn. So, I, I was just, I was thankful that, uh, that it happened, um, That's kind of in awe. I I mean, I I couldn't believe that uh, my uh, my tactic had had worked out again. (laughs) I I I keep pitching myself because I I keep thinking back that I'm getting pretty good at just going in blind, setting up, and and being able to kill deer. So, um, I, I just keep trying to trying to put myself back down to earth so to speak because yeah uh, i feel like I, I still got a lot to learn and i don't want yeah but uh yeah i'm just very
0: very thankful um
1: yeah yeah it's just
0: a oh man that's exciting i'm sorry yeah. you i i just um i i I think the same way you have that success and it, whenever it repeats itself, you know, you get excited, but you also know that hunting without a doubt can humble you in a second. And there's guys that go, you know, they have some challenges, but it is exciting. It's just, it's just a feeling kind of going back to, you know, once again, nothing wrong with, with deer drives, if that's what you want to do. But I, I just think the feeling of reward for like searching, scouting, finding an area and getting up in super early, like you talked about, and then having it work out, it's just a, it's just a greater feeling, you know, at least from my experience than just shooting a deer that, you know, some guys pushed to me. And once again, uh, that's not to say that that's a bad thing. It's just, it's just different. And, um, that's just what I enjoy now too. I think just that feeling of accomplishment is, is a big deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, yeah, I get a lot more out of it. I mean, when I'm on equal terms, um, with the deer and i i just i mean it just part of chess game i guess um i enjoy it um i just i, I my goals going forward I, i've always been and i've had this goal for several years ever since i killed my buck back in october or my buck in 2015 in october is i, I want to kill another buck in october i want to kill another buck early season before before the rut and that's that's going to be my goal going forward. Um, I just this past year, I, I really, um, I really pushed hard here on the public, trying to get, trying to kill one early, and it just didn't didn't work out. I, actually, I, I never seen, I didn't see my first buck, my first buck of the year. I seen was actually the first first buck I killed out of the out of the stand. So, oh, uh, that's that's awesome. I, I hadn't seen another buck all year until until him. I'd seen does and stuff like that on the public. I just, I never had an opportunity. So going forward this year, I'm really going to, um, and I've already started doing some scouting. I really want to, um, get, get into the public, the public areas around here. And I I mean, we got a lot of public area around here. We're very fortunate for that, Mm -hmm. for that. And I, I just want to get into it and, uh, get my hands dirty and, and find one for, for 2020. I could kill, kill early on that's
0: my goal so man that's a good goal and that's i mean you want to talk about challenging yourself you know finding bucks in october is not not from my experience not an easy thing to do you know and so a lot of scouting playing the cold fronts and and just knowing where deer are that's the key to it i think
1: yeah yeah i agree with you and i mean i'm just uh i'm to that point where i feel like uh i use i and i don't want to I don't want to say that killing a deer during the rut is easy because it's not. Um, but I feel like in past years I've kind of leaned on that time as, as a crutch. You, yeah. you know what? Um, Absolutely. And I, I want to get to the point where I can I can go out and I can I can I can kill in early season. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, it's my goal going forward.
0: I think part of hunting is, you know, once you do something so many times, you, you've had success killing bucks, like you said, three years in a row from the saddle. You, you kind of, it's not that that would ever get old, but you you want to not just get comfortable with your own way of doing things. Sometimes you want to mix things up and challenge yourself a little bit. And it sounds like that's what you're trying to do, trying to find, it's, it's challenging to kill October bucks. So to do that would be another, uh, another sense of accomplishment, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I wish you good luck uh, in twenty twenty. I hope that you can do that, and I'll be definitely checking back on your page and uh, seeing if you do. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: good. Congrats on your book this year.
0: Oh, thank you, man. I I have a lot to learn too. And that that was the first words out of my mouth was it's a giant after I shot it, and then I got up closer. I'm like, yeah, to me it was. Uh, <laughs> to other people, it's probably one they would pass, but man for me, I'm still learning. I haven't had three years of a success. I'm still just kind of sporadic and learning the saddle system. And, and I found it very effective this year, just being able to hop in different trees, like you talked about, not hunt the same trees twice. And so I'm, I'm very optimistic and excited about future years just because of that. And you never know what'll happen, but uh, I'm hoping next year, maybe just to get one a little bit bigger than the one I got this year and we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean the, the saddle, I mean that what what gets overlooked with it is just a safety aspect of it. I mean, yeah. it, it is so much safer um, than than a tree stand just for that fact that you're 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 always hooked in and mm. your tether is always is always tight. You know what I mean? Yeah. With a tree stand, if you fall from a tree stand, your tether is going to get tight. But
0: <laughs> I, yeah. I mean,
1: yeah you're going to have a, it's going to jar you when it does get tight Yeah, and throw you into the tree and everything else. I, I fell out of a tree stand this morning. It's not fun, but, but uh, with, with the saddle, I've, I have had some close calls where I've um, spun off my platform or, or, or done something, had a stick kick sideways or something like that. But um, because you're always, um, you're always attached to the tree and you're always got that tether semi tight. I mean, you're, you're I mean you're you're not you don't have that that impact like you do falling out of a tree stand. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I I wanna mention to guys real quick too. I just saw this. If you're listening to this, you know, twenty twenty January in March, um Actually, all over the United States, Tethered uh, is a is a tree saddle company. I saw where they're doing um, – Matt, you might have seen this. They're doing like a training seminar series, and they're doing it all over different spots. But in Ohio, I believe it's going to be at the uh, Outdoor Life um, uh, Deer and Turkey Expo in Columbus March 20th through the 23rd. And they're going to be there letting guys like try it out, and they'll be doing demonstrations and stuff, which I thought was really cool because – the, the biggest challenge with somebody wanting to get into saddle hunting is you like to try before you buy. And if you don't know somebody that has a saddle, then it's a little bit, you're kind of just, that's what I did. I just kind of bought one and ho- I thought that I would like it and, I, and it turned out that I did. Um, but if you go to one of those events, it sounds like you're going to get a chance to try one out. So that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I know, um, yeah, that was one thing I kind of missed out. Um, I, I go to that that show that expo every year and um this past year i know two years ago uh, john eberhardt was there and um trying to think who he was with um he wasn't with the tether guys at that time but i know I, I know john was there and he had a saddle set up he was selling his books is what he was doing and he was letting people try it out and stuff but this past year there wasn't anybody um anybody from the saddle hunting game uh at that expo which was kind of a downer for me i I went to it looking forward to talking to some guys but uh that's great if they're going to be there if tethered's going to be there this year that that, that'll be fantastic
0: yeah just uh i i'm I'm an arrow guy myself but i just appreciate tethered for doing that it's going to be um in atlanta march 28th uh april 4th uh st louis nashville on april 18th i'm going to post a link below so you guys can uh, find that if you want to check it out and it's an opportunity for you to check out saddle hunting once again but anyway uh, matt i just want to say thanks for coming on sharing those stories really enjoyed that and uh, sounds like you had a good year and i hope you have good luck uh, this coming year
1: yep yep you too thank you right. yep isaiah forty three
0: eighteen and 19 Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Uh, I'm not sure how you would describe 2019. Uh, was it a wasteland? <laughs> was it uh, at the stroke of midnight you could not wait for this year? Or, or maybe it was like a spring. It was just an awesome year. Things were great and you're kind of nervous that this year something might go wrong. I'm not sure what the case is, but this verse in Isaiah just kind of reminds me to not dwell on the past. It's so easy to get stuck there. Um, Maybe past guilt, maybe past success, maybe past failure, who knows, but we can get stuck in the past. And the reality is God is paving the way for our future if we will walk on the path that he's paving. but that takes some risk. That takes some stepping out. Whenever I, I started this podcast, I tried a new thing. I tried that crazy whistle. And maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, just a reminder to let me know uh, in the comment section. And then Matt and I talked a little bit about trying a new style of hunting. We both grew up deer drives, and we decided to try this saddle thing. And for us, it's been the right way to go. Um, I don't know. You know. It's one thing to talk about going from deer drives to saddle hunting. It's another thing to talk about what is God doing with you right now And where does he want you to be? Um, Whenever you're thinking about your New Year's resolution or whatever you want to call it, um, you can start any day you want. It doesn't have to be on January 1st. Um, Every day is a new day, a new opportunity. And so I'm just going to challenge you right now. Make the most of it. Maybe there's a dream that you've been putting off and something that you want to do. Do it. Just figure out a way. Start right now. Make the plan. Take a step. Do it. Maybe there's a bad habit that you've been wanting to kick. Man, I want to encourage you kick it. Find some accountability, find somebody to help you out, and kick whatever that habit is. I don't know what it is for you, if any of that stuff makes sense at all, but just want to encourage you in that. Thank you guys so much for coming back for another episode and listening to me ramble a little bit longer. I hope that you have an awesome week, and remember to shut the like.